Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Hello and welcome to another episode of the History AI Podcast. I'm Chuck. And I'm Marco. Today, we're diving deep into the life of one of the most influential leaders in Native American history, Chief John Ross. Now Chuck, before we start, did you know John Ross wasn't 100% Cherokee? I didn't. So he wasn't full Cherokee? No, he was only one-eighth. That makes him a what, Cherokee? Good one Marco. But let's dive right into his early life shall we? Born in 1790, John Ross was of mixed ancestry. His maternal side had Scottish roots, while his paternal side was Cherokee. This multicultural background gave him a unique perspective, allowing him to bridge the gap between the Cherokee and European settlers. And while he might have had some Scottish blood, his heart was all Cherokee. He grew up in a time when his homeland was facing immense pressure from European settlers. This exposure to both cultures played a huge role in shaping his leadership style and the way he approached challenges later in life. You know Marco, when we talk about talents, John Ross was quite the polymath. Not only was he a natural leader, but he also displayed skills as a merchant, a diplomat, and he could speak multiple languages. Multi-talented and multilingual. And I'm just here trying to remember where I left my car keys. Alright folks, let's take a closer look at the Cherokee tribe, one of the most fascinating and resilient indigenous peoples of North America. And while John Ross is a pivotal figure, the Cherokee have a rich tapestry of history and culture that predates his leadership. The Cherokee have called the southeastern United States home for thousands of years. Historians believe they were originally part of the Iroquoian migration from the Great Lakes region, settling primarily in what is now Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and parts of Alabama. Their society was matrilineal, meaning lineage and inheritance passed through the mother's line. It's quite distinct from many European cultures of the time. Yep, in the Cherokee world, women held significant power, and the clan system was central to their social organization. Spiritually, the Cherokee held a deep reverence for the land and its creatures. They believed in a great spirit, a creator entity, and they had a rich oral tradition filled with tales of heroes, spirits, and lessons from nature. One can't forget their green corn ceremony, an annual event that celebrated the first harvest and renewal. It involved dancing, fasting, and feasting, kind of like our last family reunion, minus the fasting part. Exactly Chuck. As with many indigenous tribes, the arrival of European settlers in the 16th and 17th centuries brought about significant changes for the Cherokee. They began to adopt European goods and methods, integrating them into their lives. That's true. The Cherokee were traders and diplomats. By the 18th century, they'd already established trading relationships with British colonies. They traded deer hides for European goods like metal tools and firearms. But it wasn't all trade and diplomacy. There were inevitable conflicts as settlers encroached on Cherokee lands. And while they did forge alliances, particularly with the British initially, these relationships were often fraught with tension and betrayal. This is the period, right around John Ross's time, where the Cherokee underwent significant changes in their societal structures. They established a written language, thanks to Sequoia's invention of the Cherokee syllabary. Oh, that's right. This written system allowed the Cherokee to document their history, communicate over distances, and even publish a newspaper the Cherokee Phoenix. They also adopted a constitution modeled after the U.S., embracing a centralized government with executive legislative and judicial branches. 
the 19th century saw the Cherokee facing escalating pressures, and they didn't just resist through protests or mere words. They took their fight for their land rights and sovereignty to the very heart of the American legal system. That's right Chuck. The Cherokee Nation made the bold move of taking their grievances directly to the U.S. Supreme Court. One of the most notable cases was Cherokee Nation versus Georgia in 1831. In that case, the Cherokee argued that they were a sovereign nation and that Georgia's state laws, which were stripping away their rights, had no power over them. While the court didn't directly favor the Cherokee, it did recognize them as a domestic dependent nation, laying groundwork for future legal arguments. And that leads to the second, and perhaps more famous case, Worcester versus Georgia in 1832. The Supreme Court, led by Chief Justice John Marshall, ruled that U.S. states couldn't enact laws within Cherokee territory. It was a significant victory for the Cherokee Nation on paper. But then enters President Andrew Jackson. Famously, he's said to have remarked, John Marshall has made his decision, now let him enforce it. While this exact quote is a subject of debate, Jackson's sentiment was clear. He was not going to enforce the court's ruling. And it's this defiance from Jackson that eventually paved the way for the Indian Removal Act and the subsequent Trail of Tears, where the Cherokee were forcibly relocated from their ancestral lands. It's a haunting example of how, even with the rule of law on their side, the Cherokee faced overwhelming odds. But through all these trials, their resilience and determination to fight for their rights and preserve their culture remained unwavering. Absolutely Chuck. Their legal battles and the subsequent challenges they faced are a powerful testament to the enduring spirit of the Cherokee Nation in the face of immense adversity. Absolutely Marco. Their history is a testament to the strength of the human spirit, the importance of culture and identity, and the challenges faced when two vastly different worlds collide. And while we've only scratched the surface today, we hope our listeners are inspired to learn more about the Cherokee and the broader tapestry of indigenous cultures in North America. So, how did Ross become chief? In 1827, the Cherokee National Council elected him as their principal chief, a position he held for nearly 40 years. It was his diplomacy and commitment to the Cherokees' rights that earned him this role. He believed in nonviolent resistance and often traveled to Washington, D.C. to negotiate on behalf of his people. It was under Ross's leadership, the Cherokee embraced many modern practices, including a centralized government, a judicial system, and even a national newspaper. Yes, the Cherokee Phoenix that we mentioned earlier. Ross recognized the power of the written word in shaping opinions and preserving the Cherokee language and culture. Now Marco, we've touched upon the Trail of Tears briefly, but it's worth delving deeper. The name Trail of Tears evokes profound sorrow, and for a good reason. Absolutely Chuck. It represents one of the darkest chapters in U.S. history. A forced relocation of the Cherokee people from their ancestral homelands in the southeast to lands west of the Mississippi River. The 1830s was a tumultuous time for Native Americans. White settlers, fueled by the prospect of gold and new land, were pushing westward. This placed immense pressure on the U.S. government to free up lands traditionally held by Native Americans. And in 1830, President Andrew Jackson signed the Indian Removal Act. This policy authorized the government to exchange native-held lands in the eastern states for lands in the west. While it was pitched as a voluntary exchange, in reality, it was anything but. The Cherokee, as we mentioned earlier, tried to resist through legal means, challenging the removal in the U.S. Supreme Court. Despite winning in Worcester versus Georgia, their victory was short-lived due to Jackson's defiance. 
This set the stage for a series of forced removals, not just of the Cherokee but also of the Choctaw, Creek, Chickasaw, and Seminole tribes, each with their own trails of tears. The Cherokee removal began in earnest in 1838. Rounded up from their homes, they were held in internment camps, often with little to no provisions. These camps were overcrowded, and diseases ran rampant. From these camps, they embarked on a journey of over a thousand miles. They traveled by foot, horse, wagon, and even on boats along the Tennessee, Ohio, Mississippi, and Arkansas rivers. It was brutal, Marco. We're talking about a trek during both the scorching heat of summer and the biting cold of winter. Food was scarce, and many were not prepared for the harsh conditions. And the death toll was staggering. It's estimated that 4,000 Cherokee died as a result of the removal, whether from disease, exposure, or the heartbreak of leaving their homeland. It's said that Ross lost his first wife during this march. That personal loss, combined with the weight of the entire tribe's suffering, must have been unimaginable. The Cherokee who survived this harrowing journey found themselves in a new, unfamiliar land. They had to rebuild their lives from scratch, all while grappling with the trauma of their forced exodus. But as with all challenges they faced, the Cherokee displayed remarkable resilience. They rebuilt their society, establishing new towns, schools, and even a new political system. The Trail of Tears remains a poignant reminder of the costs of manifest destiny and the resilience of the human spirit in the face of immense adversity. And it's essential to remember and honor those who endured this ordeal, ensuring such atrocities are never repeated. Despite the tragedies, Ross's legacy is one of resilience and perseverance. He laid the foundation for the Cherokee Nation's modern government structure and paved the way for future generations. And his efforts have not been forgotten. Today, there are statues, schools, and memorials dedicated to John Ross, a testament to his impact on both the Cherokee and the broader American narrative. Before we continue a quick word from our sponsor, from the mind behind the History AI podcast comes an electrifying journey into the past. A ripple through time. Dive into a tale where Benjamin Franklin, America's beloved inventor, takes an unexpected journey through time. But with his leap, he unleashes a powerful ripple. Now, with dark forces lurking in the shadows, harnessing this energy to shatter and enslave the world, it's a race against time. Will Franklin fix the future? Or will history rewrite itself? Uncover the secrets, this fall. A ripple through time. Time has never been more fragile. Welcome back, folks. As we wrap up today's dive into John Ross's life, it's essential to remember his resilience and commitment. And how, against all odds, he strived for his people's rights and worked tirelessly to protect their culture and identity. Absolutely, Marco. And while he faced immense challenges, his legacy lives on. Couldn't have said it better, Chuck. But before we wrap up, did you hear about the Native American who drank 100 cups of tea? Oh, Marco, using Dad's old joke from every time we ever drank tea? He was super terrific. Marco, thanks for changing it for me was found in his teepee. Always finding a way to blend history with humor. But in all seriousness, the legacy of John Ross and the entire Cherokee Nation is nothing short of incredible. Their resilience, strength, and determination are lessons for all of us. Absolutely, Chuck. The more we delve into history, the more we realize how interconnected we all are and how essential it is to understand and respect the past. Couldn't have said it better myself. And to our listeners, we hope today's episode shed light on a significant chapter of Native American and U.S. history. 
we encourage you to dive deeper, read more, and always keep the spirit of inquiry alive. And before we sign off, don't forget to like, rate, and share our podcast. Every bit of your support helps us bring these historical tales to a wider audience. Thanks for tuning into the History AI Podcast. Stay curious, and until next time, keep exploring the past to understand the present. Thank you for listening to the History AI Podcast. Join us tomorrow for another dive into the annals of history. Safe journeys everyone!